This is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast. This Doom Travelers podcast is brought to you by Hipsters of the Coast, your destination for magic news, strategy, and entertainment. And by Cast Haven, where you can build your magic collection like a pro. Visit casthaven.com for more information. Welcome to another episode of Doom Travelers, where we play Destiny and talk about magic. This week, I'm joined by Dave McNasty McCoy and Brendan B. Mac McNamara, and I'm your host, Rich Stein. And we'll be running, uh, Dave and I will be running into the Prison of Elders, level 32, trying to grab some sweet loot. Uh, and all three of us will be talking about some of the latest magic origin spoilers. Uh, this is, I think, technically the official first week of spoilers uh, on MagicTheGathering.com. Uh, of course, there were uh, a handful of spoilers beforehand, uh, but if you head over to MythicSpoiler.com, uh, as of now, we're recording this on Sunday, uh, is about 125, 130 spoilers up, uh, which is uh, just about half the set now. Uh, so it's a pretty good deal uh, of cards, and uh, we got plenty to talk about. Uh, so let's uh, let's kick things off with a look at the two new mechanics: uh, spell mastery and renown. Uh, so let's let's start off with uh, Brendan. Why don't you give me your thoughts on spell mastery? Um, so it looks like an interesting mechanic. Um, for it has some cool effects. I think could be useful and constructed. Um, it sort of combines well with mechanics like storm you know where you want to put a lot of cards in your graveyard yeah and i could see it working well in like a delve style deck uh, <laughs> good with passes or anything it seems really bad and limited however so right the basic point of limited is to play creatures and like you can never really have more than like five or six or maybe like eight or nine spells in your deck so. And, and some of those are going to be artifacts and enchantments, right? Like the number of actual instants and sorceries uh, is going to be even lower. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, definitely this mechanic feels like it's got constructed written all over it. Yeah, and they've got like the demonic tutor, or I guess it's the diabolic tutor that gives you three mana. Yeah, that's not bad, right? Who doesn't, who doesn't, want, who doesn't want free mana with their tutors? Yeah, it's like um, you get a card out of your deck, and then you get three mana. <laughs> not a bad right. deal. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 you know, I, I'm I'm definitely skeptical of the constructed playability, anyways. Um, you know, it obviously it slots into a very specific kind of deck, but whether that deck is actually in need of any of these cards. Um, it's it really it, it seems kind of unlikely, uh, to be honest. Uh, I don't know, Dave. What do you what do you think? Do you think there's a deck out there that can use uh, any of these spell mastery cards, or 
you think they're just going to kind of be cute, but not too uh, not too useful. I mean, I think spell mastery is just just gravy. I mean, there are plenty of constructed decks that already play tons of instants and sorceries. But like B Max said, I think it's going to be a pretty weak. Uh, I I mean, yeah, it's you know, it's a mechanic that they clearly could have broken, right? Yes. Uh, you know, a card like Desperate Ritual uh, kind of effect, any kind of mana adding effect like Mana... You know, we've all seen what happens with cards like Mana Morphos, right? When you can copy Mana Morphos and, and cast it multiple times. or So so that kind of card with an ability or any kind of like Ponder effect. Uh, so so maybe maybe down the line, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see this mechanic come back. Um, but, uh, you know... It certainly it, it doesn't seem as exciting uh, off the right off the bat as the other new mechanic uh, in, in Origins, which is Renown. Uh, Renown uh, looks like a ton of fun to play with, uh, especially for limited. Um, you guys, uh, you guys have both taken a look at the spoilers. Uh, do any of the Renown cards really stand out to you as uh, something that might cross over from? Uh, limited play, or, where I think obviously there's not much to talk about there. Limited play, it's going to be pretty powerful. Um, Brendan, you talked about that in your article this week. Um, I think uh, it's 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 clearly going to be a great mechanic for limited. Uh, but do you think any of these cards could cross over and and be played in uh, other formats of the sixty card variety? It's possible. I mean, I think part of the problem is most of what Renown does is just make your creature a little bigger. Um, right. And so it's like, oh, you have a creature, you attack with it, it gets a little bigger, and then it becomes a slightly better creature, which is central to limited. But, like, there's the one, one of the ones that they have is just one in a white mana for a 2-2 with Vigilance and Renown 1. And that card seems incredibly good. Um, right. You know, you're just, like, a 2-2 Vigilance for one in a white is already good, and then, like, if they don't have a way to block it, it becomes a 3-3 Vigilance. That seems very strong. But I don't know if yeah. that's quite... Like, that's the sort of card that if there's a small white base, you know, using the new Gideon and right. still using Brimaz and whatever's left over, there's enough cards that that might be a deck. And maybe you end up playing one or two of these cheap renowned creatures in it. Just, But they would basically just be like the extra curve fillers. Right. Yeah, I mean, they they kind of remind me a bit of, like, the Slith Firewalker cards, or, like, um, was it Stromkirk Noble? Yeah. Uh, from not too long ago was a very similar card. But, yeah, you're right. You really need that kind of beatdown. Um, the one that one that kind of stood out to me, uh, and I'm, I'm looking for it uh, on my list right here, is the, the Hierarch, Honored Hierarch. Ooh, that's such uh, a troll card. Right, is isn't it? Do you think it could? Uh, do you think it could see constructed play, Dave? I don't think so. No, it's too awkward. Like, <laughs> wait, okay, so you have to attack with it, so tap it to get it renowned, and then when it's renowned, it has vigilance and can tap for any color of mana. But I mean, what's what's the point of vigilance? You're going to attack a two-two, and it's going to die. And right. so you won't be able to tap it for mana, or you can tap it for mana, and it's not going to be able to to attack. It's it's one of the most awkwardly designed troll cards I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it seems like there's a there was a clear design they were going for, and I wonder if uh, I I would be shocked if this card wasn't pretty pretty much nerfed in development. 
Um, I have to imagine that a more powerful card was a uh, version of this card was submitted uh, for design. Uh, something along the yeah. lines of, uh, I, I don't even know. It just, uh, it, I just, I just don't see this coming out of design. Maybe, maybe at renowned two, uh, and, and, and maybe instead of vigilance, uh, maybe it added two mana tier mana pool. Yeah. There, there's ways they could make it better. It's just hard to, it's hard to play a one mana mana dork in your deck can't produce mana on turn two. And yeah, exactly. And if you can attack with it, which, you know, usually you're, I mean, sometimes you play a noble hierarch on turn one and then you attack for one damage on turn two and play a two drop. But usually, you know, you're going noble hierarch turn one, knight of the reliquary on turn two, you know? Right. The point is to accelerate you. And this card is not going to accelerate you on turn one. Yeah. I mean, this, this really underscores why renowned. It probably, or I guess it's just renown, right? Is yeah, the yeah. mechanic uh, isn't do, doesn't seem like it's going to make a huge impact on standard. It, there's just not a lot of utility creatures with renown. Renown just doesn't let it lend itself to creating utility creatures, as seen by this hierarch that is not a good hierarch. Uh, you know, they uh, most of the renown creatures, like Bmax said, they they just become slightly better creatures. And what uh, creatures really need to have in a constructed format is either be really, really undercosted, or have some utility. And uh, unfortunately, renowned just doesn't really work very well with utility creatures. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it seems that way. Yeah, it doesn't lie. Like it's the sort of thing that it does something once your creature stays in play and attacks. Usually, you know, abilities that constructed creatures have have to either happen when they enter the battlefield or be static or be very hard to deal with. And renowned creatures are ne necessarily small. You know, they have to, now, play, play yeah, to be but, efficient in order to... So now tell me, tell me how you feel about in limited play, the, uh, the, the, the renowned trampler, the one that, uh, the one that was a four, four that becomes a, the big green one, right? Uh, yeah. That card is incredible. Yes. Right? One of the best commons. I mean, it has trample. So, yeah. like, you can attack with it, and they, unless they have something with four toughness, or, like, something with death touch that can kill it, it's going to become renowned even if they block it. Yeah, it's pretty gross. And then it becomes a 6-6? Six, six? You know, that's very good. It's similar to, like, that stampeding elk herd and dragons. They're just... You know, if you have eight power on board, all your creatures get trampled. Just like a five-five for five mana. You know, those kind of—that's the bread and butter strong creatures of green. Right. And I would be surprised if that Rock Smallers isn't one of the best green cons. Yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely. Uh, I I don't see how it doesn't end up being easily at the top of people's pick lists. Yeah. If, uh, if that isn't good enough. For limited and green, then green is probably unplayable. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fast that you don't need five drops. But. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, let's, uh, I mean, it's going to be good. And I think green's going to be playable. Um, the white white weenie also seems like it could be uh, fairly playable. There's, you know, they've, they've talked about that uh, there are going to be 10 
uh, archetypes in limited. Mm -hmm. uh, one for each uh, plane uh, that we travel to and from uh, in the in the set. Uh, and I think, you know, obviously some of the planes have pretty straightforward uh, themes here. Uh, but Theros, uh, it seems very likely led by Kithian, uh, is going to have a white weenie theme. Uh, Ragatha, led by Chandra, is going to have a burn theme and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. Um, so it looks like this could be uh, a pretty good uh, limited environment. Um Plenty of the spoilers are uh, at, at common and uncommon are pretty exciting. Um, a whole uh, a fascinating cycle uh, to me is the timber wolf, uh, timber pack wolf uh, cycle, which uh, timber pack wolf was a card from core set a couple years ago. Uh, two two for green and a colorless that gets plus one plus one for each other creature you control with the same name. Uh, and now we have uh, kind of a whole cycle of these, right? I'm trying to find the other ones in the spoiler. Yeah, there's one that uh, comes into play, and it's the white one, and you gain life. Two life for each other card you control with the same name. Right. Um, this this re They remind me a lot of, uh, uh, like, Cold Snap drafting, or if you've ever, uh, if you've ever triple drafted a small set, uh, like if you had ever triple drafted, like, Fate Reforged, and you end up uh, inevitably with like three, uh, three copies of tons of commons. Uh, so I mean, it's a cute mechanic. Uh, do you think people will overvalue these cards in draft uh, because of that kind of mechanic? Or do you think these are playable effects, uh, or do you think it's kind of just something cute that is you're better off avoiding? Yeah, you're unlikely to get multiples of a common without overvaluing that common so yeah i mean I, I i wouldn't i wouldn't put much stock in uh playing any of this cycle except for timber pack wolf i think that's that's uh right because as a, as a two 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 yeah, on it's its good own without the others uh i think actually the white one might even be a two two for two as well but uh but you, you're not gonna you're not gonna play it for the additional text you know mm -hmm. that's just gonna be gravy you're probably oh, not yeah. your way to draft six copies of one of them. Yeah, but if you do, that might be good. <laughs> what do you What do you think for like team draft league? Because you only got six drafters. Yeah, but I mean that then you you're also missing six extra packs of commons. That's true. So, yeah, I think it would be hard in a six person draft to get a lot of them. But you know, maybe if may may it might be some technique in team drafting where you're like, eh, these aren't that good anyway. I'm gonna just ship them all and hopefully my opponent next to me is gonna go all in on the game two life deck or whatever. Or maybe you can even plan it with your teammates ahead of time. That you're all gonna pass them to a certain uh teammate. Uh <laughs> but uh no, I think you know, the limited environment, there's a lot of cool things. There's a um, uh, there's a 3-3 three, three flyer with prowess uh, for two blue and three colorless, uh, which is basically, uh, I guess, the blue Sarah Angel now. Um, uh, I, I feel like prowess, making prowess the evergreen mechanic for blue. Uh, blue, it's, it's, it's primary blue, secondary red, tertiary white. Uh, seems like a pretty good move. Uh, yeah, it's a great mechanic. Yeah, right? it's, a, it's a great way for, like, blue and red are the colors that have the least amount of creatures, 
And the, almost always their limited themes are based around spells. And any limited theme that's based around a spell is going to be weak just because you want to play creatures. But prowess... Like spell mastery. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. but, but prowess is a good way to reward you for playing a number of spells. But you know your spells can actually develop the board somewhat. Right. If you play out... Like, there's a new version of Jeskai Elder that's not a two, it's like a three drop, but it's a one three, but it's the same thing, prowess, and if it hits them, they draw a card and discard a card, or maybe you just draw a card. Um, you know, stuff like the, those kind of cards are just good. Any, anything that has an effect that causes something to happen if your opponent doesn't block them, it always puts pressure on your opponent, which is why Renown seems really strong. Right. And prowess works really well with those sorts of abilities because you kind of don't want to block prowess creatures. You're like, uh, if, if I give them a reason to play a combat trick, then I really get blown out. Whereas, you know, if you just don't block and they have like a one-two prowess, you're like, fine, cast a couple spells, you know. You know, if you look at Monastery Swift Spear, you know, if all you're doing is like casting cantrips to make your Monastery Swift Spear bigger. Right. The best approach. But as we've seen in Modern and legacy, like that still works. <laughs> no, it's true. It is true. So shifting gears uh, a bit away from limited play to constructed, um, last week we talked about Languish, uh, which had been previewed uh, earlier in the, uh, in, the, in the preview cycle. Um, and uh, this week there's another two black, two colorless uh, card. Uh, worth talking about, which is Demonic Pact. So since I'm uh, dead here again in the Prison of Elders, I'll read this one. Uh, so two black, two colorless enchantment. This one's a mythic rare. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, choose one of the following that has not been chosen. Uh, Demonic Pact deals four damage to target creature or player, and you gain four life. Target opponent discards two cards, draw two cards, or lose the game. Pretty, uh, pretty interesting card, especially when you get to that last line. Uh, you guys uh, excited by this kind of design? Does this interest you? I think it's a really sweet card. It's if if anything, it embodies the Liana probably better than uh, any other card you could design. It is, it, yeah, it's basically perfect in a lot of ways. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 definitely better. Uh, it's I think it captures the flavor much better than uh, the demon itself, Kafathed, um, and much okay. better than the the spell the 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 other enchantment they gave her, which was the uh, uh, turn life gain into life loss. Yeah. It's also uh, it's also funny that this is uh, apparently a uh, it, it was one of the finalists for you make the card. Uh, yes, it was. Ago. And so they yeah, when she I asked should, the guy if they could put it in another set and uh he, he gave it the okay he's like sweet he was like oh. yeah when i saw it i looked at it and i was like isn't that a reprint i know i've seen this card <laughs> and i looked yeah up i think it, a lot of people uh had a similar thought and then they and then it was oh it was one of the finalists that waste not right uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of people get very excited over this card. I've seen some people speculate that you could play it uh, with Starfield of Nyx uh, and turn it into a 4-4 and have it kill itself before it kills you. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, uh, it's really strong. On one hand, you should be able to win the game if you 
can get those three abilities, but it's it's a nice tension that if you use those other three abilities and you haven't won yet, you know, at best you're going to have to waste another card to get rid of it. Right. Which for sure. If you're casting naturalize to keep yourself from dying, it kind of negates that draw two card part of it. That's but, that's a very good point. I'm really I'm really hoping that that someone will play it and then someone else will mind flavor them. <laughs> because like, how often do you have the opportunity to choose your have your opponent lose the game for them? <laughs> yes, that's I mean that's a pretty good one. Um, Donate. There's lots of lots of great enchantments in here. Um, Starfield of Nyx um, is another enchantment that seems like it could be constructed playable. Um, but uh, again, it's it's uh, Dave and I were talking earlier about you know Wizards likes to take old ideas uh, that were very powerful, uh, and in this case, the the spell in question is Opalescence. Um, and uh, combined with uh, what was the what was the what was the spell that returned all the enchantments to play? Uh, it was basically a combo. There was one spell that one spell put all your enchantments from the yard back into play. Another one turned them all into creatures, uh, and then you would just win the game. This was during combo summer back. These are both Urza's uh, block cards. Shocking! shocking. Absolutely uh, shocking. Yeah. Replenish. Yeah. Replenish. There it is. Replenish would put all of them back into play, uh, and then Opalescence would uh, turn them all to creatures. And of course, uh, you had everyone's favorite uh, Academy Rector, which would tutor the enchantments you needed uh, yeah. out of your deck and right into play for you. So, you know, the whole thing was great. Uh, so here we are now with uh, Starfield of Nyx. And Starfield of Nyx kind of does uh, all of the functions. Uh, of that combo, uh, it puts enchantments from your graveyard back into play, and it also uh, turns them into creatures. Um, but, sorry? Convenience. Yeah, but it uh, it definitely takes its time doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's, it's like the slow version uh, of Replenish Opalescence. Um, and, uh, you know, part of me would really love for this to be a thing, uh, that you could do in, in standard because standard definitely, um, you know, I, I like the balance that they have in standard nowadays. I think development has done a fantastic job of making the format very healthy. Uh, but I would love to see them find a way to keep the format healthy, obviously, uh, but put a combo deck into it as well um and and this card seems like it's got the potential uh to to get there um yeah, and you you kind of need it seems like you want prison style enchantments that could slow your opponent down to the point that you can afford to pay a five mana enchantment right turns all your enchantments into creatures and you beat them down like in modern you know ghostly prison is a strong card in modern and there are some like white based enchantment decks that use ghostly prison along with, you know, stuff like ruined halo. And yeah. Obviously, O ring and those sorts of things, and and like it might be good enough. Although it's kind of weird that, in one sense, like a lot of people don't pack enchantment hate, or like maybe they'll have a couple nature's claims or something. 
Right. Uh, whereas you're much more likely to pack Artifact Hate in Modern because Affinity is so good and, like, Tron and other decks use Artifacts. The, you know, like, if you had, like... Like, I played against the Modern Prison White deck, you know, and if they've got a couple Ghostly Prisons and, like, a Luminarch Ascension and all these stupid Artifacts or all these stupid enchantments out that are making it so you can't attack them and they're slowly building up advantage... And then, like, they play this card and all of them turn into creatures, then you can rat. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't turn itself into a creature, so it'll still be there and they'll get one back a turn. But Right. It is interesting because, like, with Theros block, one of the things that they had to do to make enchantments a real block was make enchantment creatures so that, like, red can interact with them. Right, of course. Turning all your enchantments into creatures, you know, obviously gives you an, an avenue to win the game. But it also opens up, you know, some of their removal where you're not playing any creatures and then suddenly you've got a bunch. Hopefully you have enough that you can just win. But they anger of the gods in response. Right, right. I mean, there's also, yeah, there's plenty of, of mass enchantment removal, especially in modern. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's certainly, I, I think it's a cute card. It's the kind of thing that I don't think you're going to really rely on reanimating as much as you're... Uh, you're going to just, you know, build up enchantments and then just try to uh, put this into play and then win right then and there by swinging. Um, yeah, I mean, you might be able to get somewhere with, like, the various seal, like seal of fire or some of that kind of stuff where you've got an enchantment that you can play and then sacrifice it to do something. And there are those in, in standard in Theros block, like there's the fonts, I guess that's what they're called. Like the font. Oh, yeah. Lava, a lava spike, or not lava spike, lava axe font. It's like one in a red to play it, three in a red, sack it, do four or five damage to your opponent. You know? You, yeah. If you have the Starfield of Nyx in play, that's a little bit of inevitability. You know, it's slow enough that they can probably kill you before you kill them, but if they can. Mm. Yeah. And you could just get it back every turn. Yeah, definitely. You know, there, there's a lot of potential for abuse, um, you know, and, and I hope, uh, you know, modern, modern, of course, really doesn't need more combos, uh, especially not a graveyard recursion combo. Yeah, uh, I mean, this one, it seems priced not to blow up modern. It yeah, exactly. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, stranger things have happened, that's for sure. Uh, but we shall see. It'd be nice to see if it's... Uh, uh, standard playable. That's for sure. Um, that's what I'm. That's what I'm holding out for. Is some, I, I'm sure someone will come up with a crazy deck, but uh, it seems likely that it will do something, even if it's not like dominant. Just because usually, you know, whenever they build a standard format like or a set like Theros is enchantment based, they try to. They obviously avoided making enchantments dominant throughout Theros. You know, they held off on yeah. the last set. But here is the very last opportunity, and this is where they like to put things in. Right, like, of course. Give you that little three-month window, yeah, where Theros is still legal. They've, they've done this before, right? You get that three-month window where some kind of crazy deck uh, is going to be playable. And uh, who knows? Who knows what kind of crazy shenanigans people will get up to uh, in the next three months. Um is there a do we have a standard Grand Prix coming up locally anytime soon? Do not believe so. No, there's That's... one in San Diego, like in August or July. I think it's in August. The standard. Ah. 
But that's not local. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not local to any of us. <laughs> it's not a horrible flight for me, but... Oh, yeah, I guess not. Well, that's good. Like a three-hour flight. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah I don't get killed here. We're, uh, yeah. There were, there were two, two Grand Prix this weekend, right? And uh, also uh, the RPTQs were this weekend. Uh, I was able to get a brief look at the attendance numbers for the RPTQs. Um, Japan, poor Japan. Uh, Japan fell just short, like maybe just a few players short of getting eight invitations. Mm. Um, I think it's, you know, you need 128 players, right, to get to up to eight invitations. I think they had like 122. Ugh. And uh, somebody commented that, uh, there were more players at the Japan RPTQ than th the three smallest European RPTQs combined. Yet there were only four invitations provided. Yeah, they do a real a real disservice to the Europeans and the Japanese with yeah. these RPTQs because the American RPTQs are so small and the European and Japanese RPTQs are so big. Yeah, it's just, it sucks so much for those guys. Yeah, yeah, they had that, yeah Denver, which I stopped by. I played in the PPTQ that they ran afterwards. Uh, and there was like 60-something people. You know, and there were people from Texas, Oklahoma, Utah, all over. And it seemed pretty competitive. But, you know, that's kind of... I think that that's about where they expected them to fall, is in the range of like 50, 60, 70 people. Uh, it's really awkward, though, because this was sealed. And, you know, the top four get invites. And so what they did is you play the top eight, you play and then you cut the top eight, and then instead of doing a draft, they just had everyone play one more round with their sealed deck. That's weird. Which seems very disappointing. It's like, like Zach Barish, our friend, made it into the top eight. He was, I think he was low on breakers, but someone got disqualified and he got in. But he got in as the eighth seed and he had a much weaker sealed deck, and he had to play it against the person who was the one seed who had a broken sealed deck, and he just lost, you know? Ugh, that's frustrating. But it's like, are you going to run a draft just to play one round? Like, if you only have one round to play, the draft strategies, I mean, you will know who you're playing, and it seems very weird. But at the same time, like, they could run a Swiss and play all three rounds, and then say the top four places get it, but that's a lot of time. Well, if there were decent prizes, right, then maybe there'd be a reason to play out uh, the entire top eight. Yeah. Uh, I guess for the most part, people would still probably just split the prizes, but uh, that's not a guarantee by any means. And, uh, you know, it's... Uh, it'd be, you know, the, there's a lot of problems with the, the, the new people. PPTQ and RPTQ system, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, we were talking about Grand Prix buys earlier uh, before the podcast. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where you're just like, you know, what's, what is, what do, what do, what does Wizards really want people to be doing here? Because you're kind of getting mixed messages uh, all over the place, right? Yeah, the PPTQ, RPTQ system just seems a little awkward. Um, I mean, it's nice in the sense that, 
like Denver is a really good city for the PPTQ system because there's like okay. 15 stores right. around the Denver area, and each of them holds one. And so there's like like this summer there's been a PPTQ or two each weekend, you know, and you can kind of pick and choose. You can't really go to all of them unless you're just crazy or have nothing better to do. But you know, in other areas, like I would imagine in New York City, it's a lot harder because stores are more spread out and they don't have lots of space. And right. Yeah. The space. I mean, the space issue is pretty big here. Um, what, I mean, a lot of issues have come up. One of the issues that comes up is that uh, stores schedule events on the same days. Mm -hmm. There's uh, there's very little coordination going on, and uh, that's certainly a problem. And so, you know, there's got to be something done there. And uh, it's, uh, you know, some of the other issues. Obviously, prizes are an issue. Uh, one, one shop owner I saw uh, online was talking about how they simply, when another store, like if a store that's even remotely close to them is running a PPTQ, uh, they might as well not run anything. Uh, and, you know, he, he gave an example. He said usually his shop would run uh, 1K tournaments on Saturdays. Uh, but one Saturday, they were up against uh, PPTQs. And so, and nobody came. There was like maybe uh, five to 10 people who showed up for his 1K tournament. Uh, so the next time, he, he upped it to 2K just to see what would happen. And nobody came. Everybody's going to the PPTQs. So it's uh, tough uh, from that perspective, too. Uh, you know, to be a store owner and know that the other stores in your neighborhood, uh, and, and, you know, if you're in an urban enough area, neighborhood can be a real big place. Um, but that you just, you can't compete uh, with your prizes. Your prize support just won't be able to compete with uh, a trip to the, to, uh, the potential to go to the Pro Tour. Yeah, I was wondering um, about that. Like, because, like, here in Denver this past weekend, two of the big stores advertised mm -hmm. had like 1k modern tournaments and it's like you know there's a modern pptq at the exact same time why would it that's okay. whoa you know the modern I think we're losing we're losing i think we're losing you brendan you're losing me yeah I, it sounded like you stepped into uh the L train or something. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I was just saying that, like, like there were a couple big modern tournaments, like one Ks, at other stores here today or yesterday at the exact same time that there was a PPTQ in modern. Right. Why, oh man. Why would it? But yeah. Right. Why would anyone go? Yeah. The only reason you would go is if you just didn't care about the pro tour. And you're like, whatever, I'm, maybe I'll win a Grand Prix, but I'm not going to go through this two-tiered system. And I can go to this other tournament and maybe make, you know, win 600 bucks or whatever, get a couple free months of Star City or something, whatever you get out of those. Right. Um, but even that, you know, like if 10 people or 15 people show up, you know, are you, is the prize sport really going to be there? Yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a really great point, and I think that Wizards, uh, you know, the prize support uh, and the the kind of the balance between these events uh, is going to continue to be one of the huge points uh, of contention uh, that we're going to see. 
um, as I try to get back to safety. Oh man, I am doing very poorly on this board. Um, stupid juggler. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I think prize support, compensation, that kind of thing. You know, there's there's really no uniform. Uh, direction being sent out from Wizards. And then, you know, I talked to some of the judges in the Northeast, and there's no, virtually no coordination being done between stores in the same area. You know, there's only so many judges. Uh, and if every store in a neighborhood uh, decides to have their events uh, on the same freaking weekend, then, uh, you know, there's going to be a shortage of judges. Uh, and then stores are going to end up having to cancel their events. Uh, so, you know, there's a huge, uh, there's a huge concern and a huge disconnect here between, uh, what, what it is Wizards wants stores to do, uh, and what it is, uh, that's actually happening. Uh, and, and the sooner they sort that out, the better, uh, to be honest. Yeah, I feel like they're yeah, definitely like going to have to tweaking and we'll see what happens. The whole idea of having a top four people in an incredible time really the dynamic of Yeah, we're losing you again, BMAC. I can't I can't really hear you. Sorry. Uh, maybe we need to microphone troubles could be. <laughs> That's okay. Dave and I are having trouble with Valis Turek here. Uh, and it's clearly uh, expend, ex extended out to uh, to your uh, microphone. Yeah, it's funny because like I haven't done anything. You know, I'm not even like doing things on my computer that would cause problems. But. <laughs> this is this is what we get for not having a uh, professional uh, podcast support. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> brought, brought to you by your local. Uh, public, whatever. I don't know. Radio I don't know where you station, get. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We should get an NPR podcast. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know how much further we can beat the few modern spoilers we have. Um, this week uh, we should be getting uh, origin story for. Uh, oh, who's this week's origin story? Is it, is it Gideon? I think. Yeah, we should be at Gideon by so. this point. Oh, good. We just beat the boss. Thank God. Uh, so we can wrap up this never-ending discussion. Uh, <laughs> now, next week, uh, next week we can talk origin stories because we'll have Gideon's story, and the only one left uh, is will be Nyssa uh, after that. And uh, I think for the most part, we're all pretty aware of Nissa's, not her origins per se, but uh, she's not as mysterious a character as the rest. Uh, so it'll be good to, you know, kind of wrap that up over the next two weeks. Um, and we'll talk about, uh, we'll probably get into the limited format next week. We've got 10, 10 limited formats to choose from. Uh, I mean, archetypes to choose from. And uh, pre-releases will be coming up uh, very shortly. I might play in one. Uh, I might try to convince uh, Matt Jones uh, to join me. Uh, so we'll see uh, if we can uh, get that going. Uh, nobody in the world uh, hates the pre-release more than Matt Jones. Uh, so it'll be an uphill battle to convince him to, to give it a spin. 
Uh, let's see. Mode of Light. Uh, Dream Walker, whatever that is. Dream Waker, another cloak. So that's it for this week. And uh, we will see you next week. And uh, where I will tell you the origin story of how I turned off this video stream. Hey Guardians, thanks for tuning in to the Doom Travelers Podcast. You can find more at doomtravelers.com or follow at doomtravelers on Twitter for show updates and other nonsense. Make sure to subscribe to Hipsters TV on YouTube for videos of our previous episodes. And don't forget that you can find audio-only versions of the Doom Travelers Podcast on iTunes. For your host, Rich Stein and Matt the Obliterator Jones, I'm David Bones McCoy. See you next time. Now they pass William Howard Turk.